0: Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success.
1: Bah humbug. That's the famous catchphrase of Ebenezer Scrooge, the bitter, pessimistic, cynical fellow who needs a serious attitude adjustment in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, certainly one of the most famous Christmas stories. It's been retold countless times on the screen and stage and probably in other forms. Scrooge, that character is visited by three ghosts that highlight for him the mistakes of his past, the plight of his current environment and situation, and his likely future if he does not affect change in his life. And watching that story unfold compels all who watch it really to examine their own lives and their paths uh, as individuals. But for me, I'm always looking for parallels and analogies. And you know, so I you know, have to think as watching it this year as we're recording this podcast uh, just before Christmas 2020, you will certainly listen to it after that Christmas has, has passed. But as I, as I watch this again this, this year, I'm you know, asking myself, I wonder, are there similar lessons to be learned for you know, us as companies? Are there Scrooge-like companies out there who are stuck in unhealthy patterns or married to antiquated business practices and frankly are on a path to destruction or dissolution as the case may be? My name is Gary Bixler, and uh, this is your BizTech podcast today, uh, we're going to focus on Kind of that that Scrooge story. I promise it's going to be an interesting, fascinating discussion. Uh, our pod- podcast today is brought to us jointly by our UK and Benelux uh, Business and Technology Communities, led by Estelle Johannes. Welcome in, Estelle.
0: Thank you so much, Gary. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me once again on these podcasts.
1: Yeah, happy to have you. And I think this is, you've got a great guest today and a, and a great topic. And Further to my introduction, one of our favorite Christmas movies is actually uh, an adaptation, a cheeky adaptation of of A Christmas Carol called Scrooged, uh, starring Bill Murray. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's really, really funny, really well done. Uh, Do you have a favorite Christmas movie, Estelle?
0: I do, Um, it is Love Actually, um, a classic, not as classic as uh, the ones you mentioned, but uh, it is a classic in the UK and it always brings a tear to my eye. It's got, I think it's got everything um, that makes a Christmas movie. It makes you laugh, smile, uh, a little bit of a tear jerker, um, good music. So so yeah, and uh, um, always fun to watch. I think I've probably watched that movie um, about uh, probably a hundred times, and it still doesn't get boring.
1: Well, that's great. Yeah, that's a that's a great one for sure. So, well, as as with my uh, you know the Scrooge story and my attempt to paint a parallel to our MSP businesses, mm-hmm. um, you know there are lessons to be learned from our past, and certainly, especially you know given the last twelve months, we've we've gone through pivots to be made in our present in order to ensure that we have a bright and successful future. So our guest on this podcast talks about those realities based on his own journey as an MSP and a subsequent leader of a community of MSPs in Australia. So give us some of your initial thoughts on the discussion you had with Nigel.
0: Yeah, happy to do so. It was a um, 8 a.m. call for him and a 9 p.m. call for myself in the UK, uh, but talking about the past, present, and the future, uh, it was great chatting to Nigel because um, he, his whole mission um, and his his journey really is to, to share uh, what he's learned in the past so that people can quickly overcome um, and, and maybe avoid hopefully some of the mistakes that he's made. Um, he found that the one of the amazing things that we have in our industry is that our communities are always willing to share. Our members are always willing to share. And um, when he went out and he spoke to people, they were willing to give him advice and give him um, documentation, templates to share. And it really inspired him to then, as I said, go on that journey to, to make sure that he could help and move forward, um, uh, progress and excel, hopefully, uh, some people's businesses um, and then in the future, I think his, his vision is to, um, what we spoke about is keep learning, right? It's not about have one specific community or network that you want to get involved in, but make sure that you understand that there's a, a whole raft of information out there. There are amazing people out there that want to share this knowledge with you. So make sure that you understand that there are loads of them out there, but try and see the ones that fit for you in your business at the right time as well. So you need to really understand where you are. Um, and, and yeah, I think it was a, a really interesting conversation and we were both, um, uh, one was a little bit more tired than the other. I'd say that was me because it was nine o'clock at night, but it was still a really great conversation.
1: Yeah, well, Nigel certainly uh, had, had good energy. I thought you both did. And this was a fascinating discussion. So I appreciate you bringing it forward and let's listen in so
0: um just want to say um thank you so much um nigel Moore is with us today at our come to your community podcast i'm so excited to have him we are all the way from australia so we have australia time zone of um what time is it over there, Nigel?
2: 8 a.m 8
0: a.m brilliant yeah. and it's 9 p.m in the uk so uh you know there you go we we can still make it happen and um, hopefully, the next time we do speak, it will be in the same time zone, maybe somewhere <laughs> sunny, Barbados or something, right, when we can all go <laughs> I and I won't travel. say no.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. When, when we're allowed out of our country, then hopefully that will happen.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So, um, Nigel, I just wanted our community to get to know you a little bit better. So, tell us a little bit more about you. Who is Nigel Moore?
2: Who is me? Jeez, that's scary. You don't want to know. Um, Nigel Moore, who am I? I used to be a former MSP owner for many years. Uh, I started off in the IT support space in about 2002. Uh, it wasn't managed services back then. It was break, fix, and it was horrendous. And, uh, and through a, I was working for another IT company. And through a strange turn of events in about 2007, 2008, I ended up owning my own IT company. And, uh, and went on the search to, for how the heck to run one of these things because I had no bloody idea and uh, and figured out uh, a few things along the way, made a million mistakes along the way and um, turned it into an MSP. So from Break Fricks to MSP in about uh, probably 2011, 2012. Uh, 2011, I would have started rolling my own first managed services agreements. And um, then over the next few years, kept building and building and building, had a million uh, setbacks, a million mistakes, did a million stupid things, learned a lot of lessons along the way, uh, eventually merged with a friend in, um, in 2014, and, uh, and we built our company up together for another couple of years, and then it was acquired in 2016. And, uh, and when it was acquired, uh, I'd, we'd got the business to the point where we weren't, it wasn't reliant on us uh, in most of the day-to-day work. And we we'd documented a lot of things, we'd hired some really good staff in the business, and, uh, and I was personally, I was only needed in probably five to 10 hours, most weeks. Um, and uh, that was reducing as well. And as we were going through that process, I, um, I was at events and industry events and talking to other people about how much they're working. And people are saying, I'm doing 60, 70, 80, hundred hours. And I used to be doing that. And uh, they were asking me how I, how I got it to doing five to 10 hours a week and still earning a decent income out of the thing. And I started teaching them little bits and pieces of, or not even teaching at that stage, just running them through little bits and pieces of what I'd done in my business. And, um, and I realized I enjoyed it a lot. And they were starting to get the results as well. And so over time, uh, I got to the point where I realized that I wanted to go and help and teach and coach and mentor other MSPs to be able to do what I had done now I hadn't done. I hadn't gone and built a a many, many, many million dollar MSP and built this crazy thing that we sold off, but I built something that had some value in it and we had a successful sale and, and it was far better than what I'd started with. And so my mission then was to go out and teach other people that were in a similar, similar position to me how to get to the position that I had got in. And so. We went off, or I went off then, and, and founded the Tech Tribe, which is is my vehicle or my business now for helping uh, the MSP industry and IT support companies learn how to do some of the things that I did, or actually, more importantly, or more correctly, learn how to avoid all the stupid stuff that I did wrong. Is probably the easier way to explain it. And so that's me. As you can probably tell, I'm an Aussie. I live out here in Australia on the beach, so I, I love my surf and I love my barbecues, and I um, have a, a crazy little family and. Uh, and I, I love my work and I love what I do. And I love the impact that we're having on the world and our, our tribe and all our members and, and the results that we see. And uh, and that's it. That is me in a one minute, 46 second nutshell.
0: Brilliant. Job done. We can uh, switch off now. Thanks. For that.
2: <laughs> Good. Done. <laughs> Bye, guys.
0: <laughs> well, you know, when you talk about the mistakes, and that's something that we really focus on as well. Because number one, right? If you make this mistakes and you survive, right? And you come out with it on the other end, you learning right
2: and you're exactly. constantly and
0: learning it, yeah so and i don't we, use the
2: term mistake i use the term lesson everything's a lesson there's, there's always something perfect. behind everything that we go through in there in our journeys
0: 100 yeah that's that's great and also um it's it's great that there's somebody that's a you know great mentor out there for people that is humble that you people can look at and say you know well um i can learn from somebody that is willing to give back willing to share but also um, you know, for me to look at things that are attainable, right, that I can, I can strive to learn from and progress yeah. and get to the next stage. Um, so you actually, um, my, my, qu- my next question was going to be, how did Tech Tribe come about? But you just went straight in there <laughs> yeah, <was>. um, and <laughs> um, got that sorted out. So um, just maybe a little bit more philosophical, if you'd like, right? So being a former MSP owner, where have you seen the most progress over the last five years right? And then a two-parter, where do you see MSPs in the next five
2: years? Oh, good question. Uh, the last five years has been a, a massive, awesome shift from people being techie businesses to starting to realize that it's actually a real business model that you've got to run being an MSP. And, and so five, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I first started, we, IT companies really were just a team of high-paid techs in jobs. And that's what it was. There wasn't really an underlying business model. It was time for money. Uh, it wasn't an underlying, solid, sustainable business model back then. And the last five years has really seen a lot of IT business owners and MSP business owners step up to the plate and realize that it's actually a business that you got to run under here. There's there's staff and there's processes and there's systems and there's marketing and there's sales and there's team leading and all that kind of stuff. And 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 this transition to from break fix into managed services has really accelerated that. And so I've seen this maturity of the industry in terms of their business maturity drastically over the last five years. And I think it's amazing because our industry really needs it and really, really does need it. Now we've predominantly come from that techie background where we're 95% techie, 5% business. And and the whole break-fix industry was like that for many years. And uh, and now this last five years has kind of shifted that that balance to... Uh, a lot of MSP business owners are now pushing their technical chops a little bit further down the chain in their business to to staff and team and whatnot and becoming 40, 50% technical and, and 60% business and focusing more on the business than they are on the technical. And and that's where I see has happened in the last five years and where that's going in the next five years to me is that that trend is going to continue. We're going to see MSP business owners work more on understanding how to be a better leader and how to be a better business owner and how to be a better boss more than understanding how to be a better technician in their business. And, um, and that maturity to me is amazing because it means that not only are they going to be able to build a better business for themselves and their team and whatnot, but they're also going to deliver an amazing, a higher level of service to their clients. And, and that's really what it's about is what the service we deliver to our clients. The more you can deliver, an amazing impact out to your clients, the more you feel good about it, the more your team feels good about it. And the more it kind of snowballs into this amazing effect. And so I see this this maturity nearly speeding up in the next five years, especially with this crazy situation with COVID right now, at the time of this recording, the whole world has gone on, it's flipped on its head in the last six to nine months. And that's forced, a lot of business owners in every industry, especially like in ours, especially as well, to, to start to take things a little bit more seriously and to start to look at their business a little bit more seriously and realize, hey, I, I can't go another five years just being good at tech. I have to now double down on, on being a better business owner or figuring out what I got to do to build these systems or, or hire some extra team members in here or invest in it. It's not a high paying job anymore, it's now a business. And so I think we're kind of being kicked into gear a little bit more. So I see this next five years as being a time of uh, maturity levels in businesses, in MSPs, especially increasing over that time and and moving towards more of, uh, I hate this term and everybody hates this term, the trusted advisor model term, (laughs) but, but the reality is, it's true. Isn't it? Um, We've, we've always had that trusted advisor kind of um, relationship with our, our clients, but it's going to, move from the technical level where it's traditionally been up to the business level over the next five years more and more so than what it is now and the conversations that that msps will be having with their their clients is going to shift far more away from the old exchange server patches and all that kind of stuff that, that was disappearing with the cloud across to technology enab- enablement and technology adoption and helping clients use the amazing tools that they've now got access to and that's a, a much higher value conversation right it's like it's a conversation around patching on workstations and antivirus and all that kind of stuff is a low level conversation nowadays it's not nearly a commoditized conversation whereas conversation around how we can help you specifically better use and leverage the tools and the amazing technology that you've got access to to be a better business and to innovate faster and to to be more profitable and to outsmart your competition that's a really high value proposition in that conversation and uh and the more MSPs focus on becoming good at that and being able to figure out how to have that conversation in their business and building a business model around it, the, the more mature they're going to be, the more fun they're going to have in their business, the more impact they're going to create at their clients. And uh, and ultimately it's the more fun it's going to be for everyone. Yes. And, um, and, and we- rant. <laughs>
0: Well, people talk about work-life balance, right? And I'm like, it's just life, right? Because you're the same person, whether you're working or with your family, you just need to have, you know, bring your whole self to everything that you do. Um, Just talking, going back to what you mentioned about the COVID situation, about um, leadership and people sort of, Going up a level of maturity, I think empathy, compassion, and vulnerability is also really something that we've seen um, in uh, in our members as well, where they are really just you know sharing that you know this is tough times. They they showing empathy to their clients as well where they can, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and uh, and and I think that everyone sort of knows that. If we if we end this together and we are honest about um the situation that we can all come out of it helping each other and supporting each other and that's that's what we are really were focused on um you also spoke about um you know uh, when we were looking at um moving from break fixed i mean for us it's also looking at you know people, we are moving towards that insight selling where it's you know the trusted advisors more the <laughs> insight co- sort of consultant right yes, someone yeah. is saying you know not just well uh, what are the issues in your business but where do you see yourself in the next five years and how can I help you get to yes that
2: correct yeah position yeah, yeah.
0: so um so that's definitely again you know I, I love that thinking I think that you know again if we can help with anything like that um to support um anyone in the industry to to really um uh, elevate themselves out of the day-to-day tasks of their business um to be able to have those conversations is also a, a, a game yeah. changer
2: and um, I think it's um Sorry to, to rudely interrupt no. there, but I think it's a um, uh, it's it's one of the roles that an MSP owner can absolutely take on their shoulders now is is that education piece to their clients around how as well to be a better business leader and uh, and what I mean by that is when you look at like if I look across the client base that I used to have in my MSP today over the years when I first started off working with them I was just the tech I was the guy that went in and fixed their computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10, 12, 15 years later, after working with some of them, I was the, the mentor to them about how to run a better business and how to, how they should be valuing their time and how they should be looking at ROI conversations and how they should be at in some stages being vulnerable, like you said, then, and, and I think. The, the more an MSP matures in their journey, the more they're equipped to go and have mm. those com- level conversations with their, their, um their clients. And that's where you see real value. When you, when you're in there saying to your client, who's struggling with a particular staffing challenge or a particular technology challenge or whatever it is, and you're, you're teaching them how to deal with that challenge and how to think about how to deal with that challenge. Uh, the more you're, you're equipped to do that, the, More, your clients going to love you and be not being able to. They're not going to want to be able to get away from working with you. They're going to want to do more work with you, and they're going to want to bring you in as a a high level partner and give you the seat at the table and and whatever it happens to be.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah, you become an integral part of the team. Correct. Um. So yeah, they they can't get rid of you even if they tried. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs)
2: Exactly right. Exactly. Um.
0: I I spoke to um a um msp business leader uh, it was a couple of weeks ago and he was uh, exactly to your point talking about building relationships and said the relationship stands up when something goes wrong and he said things will go wrong yeah. right oh so yeah it's absolutely a, then yeah it's not if it's when right but yep. if you have built up a really solid relationship of trust with your client uh they'll be way more forgiving and they'll be way more understanding and say let you know, they'll be happy to work with you together to solve that um, lesson learned. Correct. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) I remember in the first couple of years of my MSP, I always thought it was about perfection. And so I'd always try and pitch clients on perfection. Like we're going to get rid of all of your IT problems. You'll never have an IT problem again. And I thought that was the the way to differentiate and the way to sell. And and I soon realized the hard way that that's not reality. The reality is, is that technology is so darned complex and there's so many moving parts in that it's a journey and there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs and there's going to be pain points and there's going to be learnings and and lessons and and things that happen along the way. And so Mr. Or Mrs. Client, what I want you to, to realize is that if anyone out there is trying to sell you perfection, run a million miles because yeah. it's, it's, it's a fallacy. What I will sell you is confidence that, that we're gonna be the best person to, to deal with the challenges as and when they come because they will come and things will pop up. And, and uh, because we've been here doing it for so darn long, we can predict a lot of them and avoid a lot of them, but technology and the nature of the beast and business and the world just mean it like it's chaos. And, and our whole thing is to help you wrangle that chaos better.
0: So talking about prediction, talking about technology, I'm going to throw in a, a bonus question over here for you. Emerging technology, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so when you're talking about, I don't know what your favorite one is right now, we're AI, 5G, IoT, machine yeah. learning. Um, like how do you see that in the MSP's future? Um, yeah. and, and talk to us a little bit about that.
2: So. So I'll talk about AI and machine learning because that's probably the one that's on everybody's plate and and everybody's mind at the moment, especially in the MSP space. IoT obviously pops up um, and there's a million different nuances to that one as well. But for me, AI and machine learning in any industry, as it matures, the bottom layers of the industry typically commoditize, right? So uh, in our industry, that... That's the remote monitoring and maintenance. That's the level one help desk stuff. Remote monitoring and maintenance is now at the point where most of it is commoditized. You can outsource it as a service for a couple of bucks per per device per month and it's done. That part is commoditized and and there's going to be more AI and machine learning or whatever put behind that. But the layer that's going to become important is that that first layer of support that's starting to to get to that commoditization layer. And there's there's vendors that are popping up in our space at the moment that are machine learning or AI-driven, level one triage and closure vendors where they're out there to try and get rid of the bottom 20, 30% a layer of tickets automatically out there by acting as a bot or a human or whatever it might be via chat or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And so as an MSP, you've got to be realizing that that's going to be taking away that bottom layer from you on a responsibility level, but you're, so you're going to then going to have to go out and figure out, do I go and bring one of these tools into my stack so that I, I go and do it? Do I, differentiate myself by saying we're not going to pass you off to a robot do i but there's there's many different routes that you go down and there's msps out there that are there's there's a couple out there that are wildly successful at at going out and building chat based msp support and and completely automating that first layer of support with ai and, and machine learning and they're 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 bringing on thousands and thousands of endpoints every year into their, their business, because that's their model that they're choosing to follow. However, on the flip side, there is still, there is also another big cohort of of businesses out there that do not want that. They want Mm -hmm. human touch, right? And so, so you've got to be careful. Don't jump into, to AI machine learning or whatever it happens to be just because it looks like the night next shiny object. And, um, and it feels like you've got to, you've got to think of it from a business level model and a business layer model and your business plan model and, and what your unique selling points are. If your unique selling point is you're going to get an awesome, amazing friendly human on the other end of the phone within 60 seconds, every single time you need support, then don't do that other stuff. Use, yeah. use AI and machine learning to help make that text job better, but don't replace that tech with a robot because you're going to lose the clients that you've, that, that have come to you because you are the, the human enabled MSP. And so it's, it's going to be super interesting as these tools play out and there's going to be the, the robots uh, or, or the, the MSPs that have got robot level support that make drives costs down. And there's the, the clients that are going to want to sign up to that, but there's the clients on the other side, which is what most MSPs will want that are willing to pay more for, for human support and, and proper mm-hmm. touch and, and whatnot. But over, I think in the next, it's going to be an acceleration, right? Like anything with, with AI and and machine learning is, is an acceleration and, um, and it, it's exponential in the way it's going to roll out. And so it's going to, at the moment, we're still only seeing the very, 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 very early stages of it. And I suspect it's still a couple of years before we start to slip into exponential gear and start to see what's going to result in that. But uh, it, that MSPs you, 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 Got to be keeping your finger on the pulse of what's happening, but don't chase the shiny object there because you, you could alienate your customers. You could, yeah. you could alienate your team. You, you could completely turn your business model upside down unnecessarily yeah. at the moment.
0: Yeah. That's a great point that, you know, at least being aware, understanding, you know, what's out there to your point and not, um, just grabbing onto everything. Because again, <laughs> like for, for us, it's our community looks at, um, Perhaps business efficiencies, right? That's what yes. we are yeah. we, what we're concentrating on at the moment, um, and not, um, you know, yeah, to, to that extent of, you know, let's just get rid of all the humans, and we we're going to have yeah. just, you yeah, know, yeah. robots run our business. So, yeah. so yeah, so um, and again, it's about understanding your client. So I think going back to that you know, insight um, consultancy, right? Uh, to understand exactly what your client is looking for, where they want to be in five years time, what's the best way to service them. That really is, if you have that um, understanding and that relationship, then that process, it just becomes an easy um, route that you're going to take. Do they want the automation? Do they want the customer?
2: You're still drastically in need. And I... I I may be, I may be completely wrong, and robots may replace that that role really quickly. But I highly doubt it. I don't think that uh that any sort of machine learning algorithm or anything is going to be able to replace small business technology uh, solution design or anything like that in the next couple of decades. It, it may get there, and it probably will get there eventually. But I think it's a long way off uh, because there maybe is maybe not in our uh, lifetime. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, I, I I can't predict how far that will be. Off it will obviously get there in some way, shape, or form somewhere because it's so. As you, like it's an exponential so it's going to but but i just i don't think it's anywhere near what what anybody is thinking it is right
0: perfect so yeah we'll we'll keep an eye on that and we'll come back to you in five years
2: time I yeah <laughs> and tell me i'm completely wrong <laughs> when the robots have taken over and um msps are defunct sorry guys yeah.
0: So with all the bots and everything, so yeah. So, um, you, what is your recipe? What is your formula? All the ingredients that you think makes up a great MSP community, um, having the bots run everything and us all coming in <laughs> and just uh, you know, <laughs> what's your opinion?
2: So, so MSB community, what? What? I, I love the I the MSB community space in in all of them. I'm in mul- multiple different communities around the world. I my background into the community space was when I, when I ended up in that strange turn of events in 2007, 2008, where I, I had my own MSP, I I had no idea that, um, about the business model. I had no idea about, I'd never spoken to anybody about running an IT company before. And I somehow stumbled across an event uh, out here in Australia. We've got this association called SMB IT Professionals. And, um, and I stumbled across this event at a Microsoft thing. And I went along to the event and... Uh, I was talking to someone there about how I was um, keen on on trying to figure out some sort of fixed fee plans for my clients and whatnot. And he goes, oh, I do that. What's your email address? I'll send you my agreement, my managed services agreement. And my jaw dropped to the floor. Uh, this guy's name was Mark. And he still is a member of my tech tribe today. I, I saw him speaking in there um, this week. But my jaw dropped to the floor. And I went, hang on, this guy is direct competitor of mine in my marketplace, willing to share this five, seven, $8,000 legal agreement that he had with me and teach me how to use it. What the heck is going on here? What is this thing like this? And, and that was the beginning of my, my eyes being opened up into this world of community in the MSP space. And, and I actually see it's pretty unique in our space. It's there's there's not many industries that share the level of, or that have the level of sharing and, and camaraderie that we do in our space. And I love it for that. I've, I've got some friends that do coaching in in some cutthroat industries like uh, hairdressing and then some weird things like that and dance schools and those sorts of things. And and we talk about how close the communities are across them. And they said, I can't put my clients in the same room because they'll tear each other's hair out. And I, I'll go, all I like, all my my community wants is to be in the same room so they can help each other. And, and I think it's an amazing thing. And it comes back to the core values of why a lot of MSPs started and that's that they love technology. The business owner loves technology. They're a nerd at heart. Like, like most of us techies, So we're nerds at heart. But on the flip side, we love helping people and mm-hmm. we love helping people and, and dealing with technology. And that means that a, an MSP or an IT support company is an awesome vehicle to, to be able to, to play out those two core values. Um, and but, uh, what I see in our space is that, that love of helping other people Trump's love of money like crazy like it's, it's it's out there where people will go and help their competitor far more than they'll end up helping themselves sometimes and um and I think it's it's awesome I think it's got to be tempered a little bit sometimes some people go out too far and they use helping other people as an excuse to not work on their business and and not build their own business and so I think you've got to find the balance in there somewhere but, but community to me is that, it's, it's our industry getting together in any way, shape or form. There's so many communities there. there's CompTIAs, there's the Tech Tribe. And to me, all these communities are an end an, conversation. They're not an all conversation. You shouldn't go and join yes. only one community and that's my community. Go and <laughs> go and join a couple and go join Tech Tribe, go and join CompTIA, go and join a, a number of different ones because they've all got their own, their own take on things. They've all got their own unique perspectives and their own unique ways of doing things. And um, and go and pull the best bits out of each of them and craft them into your business for something that works for you and your team in your marketplace with your psych psychometric personality profile and your clients and your your user and everything and your and, and that's where the way I see it is is go and leverage all of these awesome amazing communities go and and give to the communities go and take from the communities and don't be ashamed at taking because that's what it's all about we we love helping go and take what we're we're going and giving you and. Hundred and-
0: percent, yeah. And I think to your point though as well, the information is going to be relevant to you at a certain point in time, right? It's like yeah. you have to really take different information and put it together and say that works for my business. That's for me, it's yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's and I think that's why people are also happy to share because they say, you know um what you put into it is what you get out that's like my whole thing you know if you really want to get the most out of any kind of community networking you have to bring your whole self make sure that you're engaging make sure that again people are willing to share information with you um i remember uh, there was an msp book and everyone had different answers to a question (laughs) You know, but, yep. but they were all correct, but they were correct for that's it. Yeah. that person. So that person at
2: that point in time in their journey. And that's that's the thing that I see a lot of MSPs trip up with in their journey. And I tripped up with this a lot of the time was that every single MSP out there is at a different level of maturity along their journey. And and Paul Dipple from Service Leadership, he calls the, the maturity levels operational maturity levels. And he's got a great way of defining the different maturity levels of an MSP. If you haven't checked out his stuff, go and um, have a look at Service Leadership uh, OML levels or operational maturity levels by Paul Dipple, And, uh, and he categorizes MSPs in all these categories and says, these are the types of challenges you're going to have at the operational maturity level of one, which is where, when you're typically first starting out. And, um, and what I see a lot of MSPs do is they trip up and they think that they, they believe that they're at a, a level far further in the future than what they currently are. And, and so they start trying to do stuff that, that yep. they're seeing big, large, mature MSPs do. And they're wondering why the heck isn't this working for me? And it's because they're not, their business model and their, their team and their, their everything is not at the maturity level that the business needs to be at, to be able to support those behaviors that they're doing. And, and that's, that's okay. That's perfectly okay. Every single one of us is at a different part of of our journey on that, that, um, that operational maturity level ladder and um, figuring out where you are and, and just focusing on what you need to do and learning what to, you need to do at that particular part is the most important part of the journey, not getting stuck up in comparison comparisonitis of looking at your competitors and going, ah, this company over here is doing exactly that. So I need to go and do exactly that because they seem to be successful. They've gone through a maturity level to get to that point. That's had some other lessons or some other challenges or some other things that you're going to likely have to go through as well. You can learn from them and you can be inspired from them, but don't compare yourself and don't, don't try and do exactly what they're doing without taking that 20,000 foot view, look at your business and thinking, is this going to actually fit in with where I am right now? And that, that's, that's a little bit tough, especially in your early years of being in an MSP to be able to take an objective view of your business or oh, it, it, not even just in, in an MSP and in any business, it's a pretty tough thing to be able to objectively look at your business, but yep. the more you can do it, the better business is going to be for you because you can you can figure out where you are right now and and tune the business and tune your direction and, and whatnot for it. And the more you learn how to do that, the more you can teach your clients how to do that as well.
0: Absolutely. That's that whole sort of also your um your customer's experience when you're able to survey and get that information back yeah. and really yeah. take that honest feedback uh, to build yeah. on your business. And <laughs> it also <can> be hard. <laughs> Right? Constructive criticism, um, but we all think of it as just criticism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, so, yeah, we, will, we look at the, the customer's experience um, and, and, and checking that temperature regularly as well, so that we're always learning, evolving, um, you know, and adapting to what is happening, but of course, staying true to our core values. Um, and what we're trying to achieve with our clients. So I think it's a really, it's a really, um, you know, delicate uh, balancing act sometimes. It is,
2: yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and
0: uh, and And when, when we're looking at all of these things and you're talking about um, also the um, taking a, uh, you know, taking a helicopter view of your business and being quite honest. Is that do you think that's the biggest challenge, or is there a bigger challenge that you think is oh, facing MSPs today? <laughs> there, there, there
2: is, and it's all inside our heads. That, <laughs> the bigger challenge is mindset. There's personal mindset, personal confidence, personal growth. And so we're being in the, the coaching space and mentoring space over the years, you can pretty, I can pretty much pull every problem back to not a business problem, but a mindset problem and a belief problem and a confidence confidence challenge. And probably problem is not the best word to use, but a, a confidence opportunity is probably the better yes. word to use. Because at the heart of the whole thing, us as the leader of the business, the business is only as good as as our belief in ourselves and our belief of what we're going to be able to do and our confidence in in, in what we're able to do. And, and so I feel that skills, business skills is probably less than half of the battle. Because the, if you don't have the confidence to go out and do what you know to be able to do, and you don't have the the will and the the mindset and the focus and the discipline to be able to go and do it, you're not going to get it done, even if you know it. And so to me, the bigger challenge for all of us uh, is to continually be working on building a, a mindset and a, a, a set of routines and habits in our lives and whatnot that enable us to be able to, to execute what we do in the best way possible and be able to show up the best way possible for our team and for our clients and for our, our families and whatever. And so to me, it's that is every one of us is, not only we've got operational maturity levels in our business, but we've also got them inside our heads. And uh, and the more we understand them and work on that and figure out where our blind spots are and figure out where we've got limiting beliefs and, and all these types of things, that that's where the real ROI comes into, into play. And the more you work on that, I'm, I'm a, an avid personal development. What's the word you probably want to use? Like an addict. And I've probably thrown hundreds of thousands of dollars minimum into my head in different trainings and courses and workshops and coaching and mentoring and people pulling my brain apart and stitching it back together with trying to trying to figure out all the crap that I had left over from childhood. And to me, that's probably where I've got the most ROI out of my whole business journey is that uh, because we can all go out and learn all the business skills like pretty easily compared to going and and uncovering hidden deep seated limiting beliefs in ourselves and, Mm -hmm. and challenges that we've had often since childhood that guide the way we make decisions and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so I think the biggest challenge for all of us, and to me, it's not, I think challenge is actually not the right word. The the biggest opportunity and fun is actually diving into that stuff. Once you realize it's an ongoing journey, there's no, there's no destination you'll ever get to in it. For me, it's just a matter of making sure that I'm continually improving all the time and, and having fun along the way and, and taking it with a positive mindset and figuring out, all right, well, I made that decision. It blew up. What, what inside me made me make that decision. And let's see if I can dig into it and understand where that came from. So I can adjust my way of thinking so that next time I make a better decision.
0: I love that whole continuous lifetime learning, right? Like we are just always evolving. Yep. And I think also as human beings, we can sense and tell um, if someone is speaking to you with lack of confidence, that comes across mm. as well, right? Oh, 100%, uh, yeah.
2: yeah. So
0: yeah. you need to be able to, yeah, be fully immersed, confident in what you're doing uh, because uh, somebody's going to smell it, right? That if you're not- Everyone's uh, so going to smell it. Like-
2: <laughs> Everyone smells it. Like the, the body language is far more an indicator of, of conversation and and whatnot than um than what you actually say and what comes out of your mouth. And and I see it a lot. I, I still see it a lot, actually, in the um the shift from managed services. If we zoom right back down to the tactical layer, in the shift from managed service, uh, break fixed to managed services, in that there's still a lot of MSPs out there that don't fully believe in the managed services model themselves yet but they're trying to sell it because everybody out there tells them to go and sell it Mm. and they're out there trying to sell it to their clients and wondering why it's not selling and you ask them a few pointed questions about it and you realize that they don't believe in it themselves and so that's coming across in their sales interactions and their clients are never going to buy if they don't believe in it themselves and so it's one of those opportunities to go and think do i 150 percent believe in this model if i don't and I need to figure that out first before I even step foot in a client's door and try and sell it to them because then I'm, I'm, I'm literally stepping into the grounds of being a snake oil salesman, which is not, not what you want, right? You want to go and sell something that you 150% believe in. And to me, the managed services model, I, I am million percent believe in that over break fix. It's a, uh, it, it I, I, it is so easy for me to go into a client and to be able to be deeply filled with confidence, to be able to sell mm-hmm. them on the, the benefits of the managed services model. and, and, if you're out there selling it, you need to be in the same spot. Otherwise, otherwise someone else out there that's deeply confident and is going to be able to sell against you. And, and it just takes time. You've got to, that is not an answer you, or it's not a confidence that you get overnight. It's a confidence you get from sitting in and carefully creating your plans and carefully talking to your clients and, and curating exactly what you need to be able to build for them and, and focusing on building a good back-end service delivery for it. It takes a little bit of time to get that confidence, but once you get it, you start to become unstoppable because your, your confidence out there in front of your clients is 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 that 150 percent confidence and they see it and it turns into passion and that passion is what people buy into hundred
0: percent people remember how you make them feel right yeah correct so, and, yeah, that's, yeah. That's,
2: that's and when they awesome. see your eyes excited and and I, I remember <laughs> looking back into my my, my journey and, or if I look back into my journey back in the early years I was so passionate about technology. And I love just like setting up small business servers and all that kind of stuff and showing clients because I just thought the technology was absolutely amazing. And I'd go in and I'd talk to a client about it and they wouldn't have a clue what I was saying, but they could see the passion in my eyes and they could see that I was so damn passionate about it that that's what made the sale. And so the same thing goes now, you've got to bring that that same passion for the technology into the business model now and into the managed service or whatever it is you're selling, technology adoption or technology enablement and take that across that same passion across to your clients, and they they again probably won't know what the heck you're talking about some of the time, but they'll see the passion in you, and they they'll want yeah. that they'll they'll want that excitement to to rub off on them.
0: Superb. So, um, Nigel, can you take us home with your crystal ball looking into it and telling us what should MSBs <laughs> be thinking about for the future?
2: Ooh, that's a big crystal ball. Um, there is. It, it comes back to me to that that thing of looking at our business as a business more, and and so if you can, if you're an MSP and you're trying to look into your own crystal ball to figure out what I should be focusing on in the future, to me you should be focusing on on making sure that you're building a marketing growth engine in your business. I see that as a massive gap in our space at the moment. As a lot of MSPs aren't intentionally building out a growth engine, a marketing and sales engine in their business, mm-hmm. um, as well as be Figuring out how to become a better leader every day uh, or every week, figuring out ways you can become a better leader, making that part of your habits and your routine of being a human, like dub, figuring out what can I do this month, next month, the month after to be a better leader to my team and to, to my, my clients. Um, and, and really figuring out how to shift your business far more to that up the value ladder to that, that trusted advisor model where you're in with your clients, talking to them about adoption of their technology and how to better use their technology and what all these features that they've got access to that, that they're not even touching at the moment that could absolutely mm. drastically change their business. And now that's a, that's a unique challenge in itself because previously we used to be able to go and, and teach an engineer in our business. We'd, we'd go and hire an engineer and we'd teach them how to troubleshoot problems and, and they were pretty good at doing it. Uh, or hopefully they were pretty good at doing it. But now the challenge is to, to build a business around teaching a team of people how to solve business challenges with technology not just solve technology challenges. And that that's the challenge now for MSPs is how do I build my team? What's the challenge and the opportunity again? How do I build a team of people that can go out and talk to small business about technology and their business and bridge that gap and, and find out, have those business layer conversations like you're saying of where do you want to go in the next five years? What are your business plans? What are your unique challenges? Where do you spot opportunity or where do you see opportunities in your marketplace that you might be able to, to move towards and and how can we help you do that? And the more you can build up a team of people being able to do that, the more you, the world is going to be your oyster in your marketplace. You're going to be, you're going to be the one that people flock to if you're out there transforming businesses at that level, rather than just the, the technology level.
0: Thank you so much, Nigel. You've taken me on a journey, you know, from where you've started off uh, way into the future. It's been emotional. So thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Um, and I hope that we get to see you again soon in person. Um, I would like to encourage everyone that's listening to this to check out Tech Tribe as well. Um, as we said, these communities, uh, That it's not a or it's an, right? We should all be looking at everything that we can possibly learn from um, and what you put into it is what you get out of it. So make sure that, you know, you get involved, get engaged. Um, So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you for your time so early in the morning.
2: (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was fun.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CompTIA BizTech Podcast. For more information on CompTIA membership, communities, and councils, visit comptia.org membership. If you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest
2: compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing, and liking the broadcast.